Good morning. So glad that you're here, brothers and sisters, children of the King. Have you ever woken up in the middle of the night and not been able to get back to sleep? That seems to be a fairly fairly common experience. It doesn't happen all the time in my life, but it happens often enough that it's annoying. You know, it's like, I really want to be sleeping right now, and I'm not. So as I was laying there one night with nothing else to do, I kind of was thinking to myself. It's like, hmm, self, I have nothing to do right now. I wonder if I could be productive in this moment. And then a thought crossed my mind, and it was, I'm attributing it to the Holy Spirit. He's like, you could pray for someone right now. It's like, well, I guess. (laughs) Nothing else going on. Okay. Well, Lord, who should I pray for right now? And like almost instantly, a name came to mind. And I was like, okay, that's weird or cool, whatever whatever your viewpoint of that is. So I prayed for that person. And almost instantly after I'd finished praying for that person, I fell back asleep. And so the next day, I was like, hey, I think I've got this figured out. You know, if I wake up in the middle of the night, just, Lord, who do you want me to pray for? So that's become my habit in the last few years. Now, I don't always do great at it because in the middle of the night, you're groggy and sometimes you don't remember things. And so, like, I've definitely been laying there for, like, hours and just, like, fighting and, like, trying to will myself to go to sleep. Like, that helps ever. And then it's like, oh, right. Holy Spirit's like, hey, psst, psst. It's like, pray for someone. It's like, okay. Who do you want me to pray for? And he just brings names to me all the time to pray for. And typically, most of the time, I pray for all the names that he gives me, and then I fall asleep right away. And it's like, all right, God, we can do this. We can do this together. So we are in our one another series, looking at all the one another commands in scriptures of how we interact with one another. And today we are looking at pray for one another praying for one another. And we see this through scripture pretty clearly that this is what God wants us to do is to pray for one another. Pray for everyone actually as we're about to see. Ephesians 6:18 says this, with every prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit, and to this end be alert with all perseverance and requests for all the saints. James 5:16, which we looked at a few weeks ago. Confess your sins and pray for one another so that you may be healed. 1 Timothy 2.1 First of all, I urge you that requests, prayers, intercessions, and thanks be offered on behalf of all people, even for kings and all who are in authority, so that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. Such prayer for all is good and welcomed before God, our Savior, since he wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. Pray for one another. Pray for everyone, even those in authority, the rulers. So this is something that we've been commanded to do. And I was asking myself, I was like, okay, we're told to pray, but what is prayer? I think we're like, oh yeah, pray for it. It's like, well, what is prayer in its most base essence, I guess? 
Well, really simply put, is this prayer is communicating with God. It's us communicating with God, the creator. Now, I say communicating very specifically. Because in a relationship, communication goes both ways. And I know, I know in my life, in my, in my prayer life, for years it was just a, it was a one-way thing. It was like, here God, do all this stuff. And then I would just walk away. But I've come to learn that I need to receive from the Lord as well. If you have a relationship some, with someone and you only talk to them and they never tell you anything back, it's not a great relationship. <laughs> This is a two-way thing. I mean, I think that's why we have our Hearing God course. I don't know if, it, if you've taken it or not, but I, man, God still speaks to his people, his children. He is a communicative God. If you look through the whole story of the Bible, he is constantly communicating with his people. That is part of who he is. And we are called to step into this, to communicate with God. It's something that I would say is the bedrock of our relationships is communication. I mean, when I do premarital counseling, I spend a whole session just talking about communication because it is so foundational and so important because I know that I need to be in relationship with God and I need to say things to him and I need to hear him say things to me too. So why do we pray though? Well, I know I need to, need to hear from him, but why is it in a one-sentence form? I mean, I love it that the Bible actually answers that question. One of my favorite verses, it's probably close to the, my, one of my top favorite verses, but it's really hard to just pick one favorite verse. In the book of Daniel, chapter 9, verse 18, he says, We do not pray because we are good or have done anything right. We pray because he is compassionate. We don't pray because we are good or we've done anything right. We pray because God is compassionate. What does that compassion look like? Why is it that we can come and have this communication with God? Because of his compassion. So I mean, when we want to know about God the Father in heaven, we look at Jesus Christ. He is the perfect example of God. So, Let's look at compassion in Jesus' life. How did he respond? In Matthew 14, 14, then Jesus went out and he saw a great multitude and he was moved with compassion and he healed their sick. Mark 1, 41, then Jesus moved with compassion. He stretched out his hand and touched him. This is the leper. And he said, I am willing be cleansed. Luke 7, 13, Jesus comes in and there's a funeral going on and they're carrying the casket out and there's a mother weeping. And when the Lord saw her, it says he had compassion on her and said, do not weep. He went up and he touched the casket and started speaking to the young man and he rose to life. Matthew 9, 36, he saw the multitudes and he was again moved with compassion because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Matthew 20, 34, that Jesus had compassion and he touched their eyes and immediately their eyes received sight and they followed him. 
what I see here is that when Jesus is moved with compassion, he acts. He steps in. He does something. He brings about beauty and glory and healing and transformation. On those he has compassion, he acts and he moves. And I mean, we see, we look through scripture who Jesus had compassion on. It's like the children, men and women, those who were hurting and broken, the spiritually needy, those who earnestly sought after them, after him. He had compassion and he acted. He moved, he stepped in, he brought about something in their lives. I love how Psalm 145, 8 and 9, the Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger but rich in love. See, when Jesus has compassion on someone, he acts. And honestly, like, if we think about this for a moment, God's the only one who can really bring about that change in our life or that other person's life anyways. Right? If we're praying for someone to have healing or come to know Jesus or restore, restoration, God's the only one who can change hearts. God's the only one who can bring about true and lasting freedom. So he's the one that we must go to to find it for ourselves, but also for others. It says in James 1.17 that every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father, the Creator. Everything we would call good, is that not what we want in our lives? The good things that God has for us. Because, I mean, this is the reality. It's like, I am still learning about myself, why I do what I do. I still don't fully understand it. I don't know if I ever will. But God knows. He made me. He made you. He knows exactly how you tick and why you do what you do. So he knows exactly what is needed in whatever situation you or someone else is facing. So we go to him. Because he is compassionate. We talk to him. We listen. Now, I think personally, I'll be real honest with you guys this morning. The reason that I don't pray often, I was thinking about it this week. I was like, why is it that when those things come that I, that I didn't pray about that or, or that God was the last place that I turned to? Like, why? Really, it comes down to I don't know Jesus. I don't know Jesus well enough. Because if I understood the compassion that he has, the love that he has for his children, how he wants to give good gifts, maybe if I understood that better, then I would go to him. I mean, and I love James, the book of James. If you really want a book of the Bible that just tells you straight like how it is, read the book of James. And he says this, he's like, you don't have because you don't ask. And I think that's the case in my life, often. And the reason I don't ask is I don't really fully understand Jesus, his heart and who he is. I mean, the other side of it is, is I'm prideful and I think I can do it myself, <laughs> which I can't because I need him. So we're told to pray 
And we're told to pray because he is compassionate and he wants to act for good on the behalf of his children. But how do we do this? What, is this, what does this look like? Um, again, a little plug for our Hearing God series. If you haven't taken that, do that. But the kind of things that we can come to God with are vast. And in 1 Timothy 2.1, it gives us some ideas or, or a list of things that, that we can bring before God on behalf of other people. And this is what it says. 1 Timothy 2.1, first of all, then I urge you that requests, prayers, intercessions, and thanks be offered on behalf of all people. So let's look at that list of all the different types of prayers that you can pray on behalf of someone else. You can bring those before God. The first one is requests. He says, I urge you that requests be offered on behalf of all people. I mean, I think this one's pretty easy for us to understand. This is language we use all the time. Like, anybody have any prayer requests? You know, this is what's in our life that we need or want or have something that's like, hey, God, we really need you to do this here or that. And so we bring those to God and we're encouraged. He's like, I, I urge you, present these to God. And it says, this is good. You know, such prayer is good and welcome before God. It is welcome. He's saying, yes, come on, let's do this. So this is prayer requests. That one I think we can understand pretty easily. The next word he uses is prayers. And in my mind, this is kind of like the catch-all. It's like this big, like, general term of just prayers. All right, we can give those to God in whatever realm that is. Um, I think there's an important point here, though, that this, this kind of hints that these are directed toward God. I mean, we're not praying towards, you know, I don't know. I can't even think of anything off the top of my head. A pew or the roof. We're, we're directing our prayers to God. This is who we are addressing, the Creator. I think this is important for us to keep in mind. I mean, I know, like, if you've ever been in, like, a prayer circle, sometimes you're praying more for the people in the circle to hear you, and you're trying to be like, okay, how am I going to pray, da, 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 you know? I know, maybe that's just me. I don't know about you. Um, but it's like, no, we're praying before God. This is who we're directing our requests and prayers to. It's like, <laughs> it doesn't matter, you know? And then he uses another word. He says intercessions. This one has a little bit more meat to it, if you will. This is um, supplication, or you might say this is being a mediator between two parties. Uh, I think we can, we can kind of understand mediation, you know, between two parties. Um, but there's an element to this word that, that I think gets missed completely, and it's an element of intimacy. So this is the idea, is that we, as dearly loved children of God the Father, we come before him close, in a close relationship, and we plead on the behalf of somebody else. That's the idea he's talking about here. Is that we, who are welcomed and accepted into the presence of the king, we draw close as children and a father who loves them dearly, and we plead and we ask on behalf of somebody else. That's intercession. Now, he talks about it in the sense of coming to the knowledge of salvation, is that we can come as children before God and ask God to save, to bring salvation to those who don't yet know him. Because he says there at the end of that verse, since he wants all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. That's God's heart and desire. He desires all people will be saved but what do we do? We, we reject and we turn away, which is exactly what happened to Jesus. So there's different types of things that we can bring before God, different ways that we can pray on behalf of other people. Now, there's, there's kind of also this like 
how. For most of us, when we pray, we're kind of like free prayers. I don't know if, if that's more of like a... Um, just the cultural thing that we have here. And I mean by free prayers, it's kind of like, kind of like an airplane. It's like, like we can just kind of go anywhere in our prayers. Typically, we're trying to pray as the Spirit is leading us and prompting us, you know, kind of a thing. But, but that's totally cool. That's awesome. But that's kind of the majority of what I think has been my experience growing up is just, all right, here we go. But I mean, there's also roads that we can drive on that, you know, that we can pray these prayers. I mean, we have some, I'm going to give you a list in a moment, so I won't give it away. But there is a free aspect to prayer that's kind of like wherever, but then there's also a more form, more structured aspect that I think for me has been lost. I don't know for everyone in general, but that's why I'm going to kind of like lean a little bit heavier into that. Just because I was looking into this, and I'm just like, this is beautiful. This is amazing. So the first place for more structured, more like roadmap kind of prayers for us to pray, if you are because sometimes, honestly, it's like, I have no idea what to pray. Like, into certain situations, like, man. And that's where I'm like, okay, Holy Spirit, I mean, the Bible says that you intercede with us because in groans that we don't understand, I'm like, I need you because I have no idea what to pray. But there's some awesome prayers. First place that we can look for those is the Bible. There are some amazing prayers that are laid out in the Bible that we can pattern our prayers after. I mean, the first, the first place I think of is like, why not pray the prayers of Jesus? for other people. Like, <laughs> that seems like that's the first place that I should go and think of. Um, but I mean, this is what Jesus prayed for other people. This was his prayer for his disciples and others. One, their faith will not fail. Another one, that they would be sanctified or made more and more like Jesus, be made more and more holy, purified. That's the idea. He prayed that they would not enter into temptation. Man, these are some prayers. Like, And I like that it's pretty simple. Jesus is like, this is what I'm praying, right? I mean, the other, other thing, I mean, we think of it all the time, but like the Lord's Prayer. I mean, this, this might sound completely amateur, but like, I blew my mind this week when the Lord was like, why don't you pray the Lord's Prayer over somebody? I was like, wow. So like over my son, it would be like, Ryler's Father in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come in Ryler's life. Your will be done. Give him today his daily bread. Lead him not into temptation. And God, deliver Ryler from evil. It's like, man. There's a reason Jesus gave us this, right? It's beautiful. What about Paul? You can pray the prayers of Paul. I mean, Paul has... Like, half of Paul's letters are prayers that he's praying for other people, for other churches. Can we not pray some of these, maybe? May the God who gives endurance and encouragement, this is in Romans chapter 15, give you a spirit of unity as you follow Christ, so that with one heart and one mouth you may glorify God. Or later on, he says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. On that note, why not pray the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5 over somebody's life? Pray love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Pray that over somebody's life, into their life, in the name of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. 
What about the Psalms? There's a lot of prayers in the Psalms. Psalm 10 has been my prayer into world events as of late. There are so many prayers in the Bible that we can pattern our prayers after. Some of you might have like lists of names that you already pray for. That's awesome. That's, you've got a pattern of this is what I'm praying through, through my list. Or maybe you could pray through a book like Operation World, looking at all these different countries and nations throughout the world. Um, there, there can be structure to our prayer as well as freedom. Another one that, that I think is great is also um, even just like people from history. We can pray the prayers of people from history, of saints before. We just had St. Patrick's Day. How many of you know the story of St. Patrick? Man, if you don't know, look it up. Kidnapped by Irish pirates. And then when he escaped, he goes back as a missionary to them. Man, that's the gospel there. That's love. Right? But this, this prayer of St. Patrick, you may, may have heard it, but maybe not attributed to him. Christ with me, Christ before me, Christ behind me, Christ in me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ on my right, Christ on my left, Christ when I lie down, Christ when I sit down, Christ in the heart of everyone who thinks of me, and Christ in the mouth of everyone who speaks of me, Christ in the eye that sees me, and Christ in the ear that hears me. And that's just an excerpt from his prayer. We are going to take a moment now. This is the practical side of this. Because, I mean, we're supposed to pray for one another. So it's like, why don't we just actually do it? Awesome. Sweet. So this is what we're going to do. I'm just going to pray. And then just invite God to, to give you a name of someone that he wants you to pray for. I mean, like, why not, right? Like, Jesus knows stuff. We don't. That's theology 101. So we're going to pray and we're going to just ask him to give us a name of someone to pray for. And then pray for that person. So I'm going to pray, and then I'll just give a moment of silence. And just, if a name comes to mind, write it down. Take note of it. Anyways. Uh, Lord God, we, we thank you. We thank you for your love for us. God, we thank you for Jesus' death. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that you've given us. God, now I ask that as we listen, it would only be your voice that we hear that you would silence all other voices in the name of Jesus. And so we come before you and ask, Lord, is there someone that you want us to pray for?